I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome to Counseling On Demand. Here's your own private therapist. Anywhere, anytime. Fred Riley. What's up, everybody? This is Counseling On Demand featuring Fred Riley. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to yet another podcast. Counseling On Demand, we're talking about uh, mental health issues, uh, giving some advice, some ideas, and keeping uh, track of new trends in the mental health area, hopefully giving you some takeaways. As a matter of fact, today on this podcast, we're going to be talking about some mental health trends uh, that uh, I think are pretty important. One of those trends is uh, mental health apps, apps that help you, um, over 300,000 of them actually, over 300,000 apps for your phone that are touted to discuss or give guidance for your mental health. Well, done some research, read some articles, and I tell you what, uh, pretty alarming. Odds are you've probably downloaded something. You've downloaded uh, maybe some type of meditation app or uh, maybe a daily mood app or those types of things. And uh, I think, you know, these apps that uh, are like logs of mood, almost like a journal, like a mood journal, I think those are apps that are, you know, I I think we can uh, rest assured that they're pretty pretty decent, pretty straightforward apps, right? And as a matter of fact, I recommend some apps that uh, help people dial in meditation to a certain uh, music, type of music and so forth, duration, those types of things that they like. Um, Again, mood journal, maybe uh, therapeutic assignments, that type of thing. But unfortunately, this study that I read, it's, uh, it's, it's really unfortunate. It talked about over 300 thousand apps in the mental health arena listen to these numbers this is uh this is kind of scary but uh, at the same time it kind of doesn't really surprise me and the reason why it doesn't surprise me is i think there's a lot of mental health uh therapists psychiatrists and so forth that uh, see the opportunity unfortunately with the with itunes and the rise of applications i think they see an opportunity to uh, throw a dollar or two uh, their way, right? And uh, they have apps that will help you. Um, and idea is good, right? The idea is good because we want to be able to, just like this podcast, for example, maybe this podcast is helpful to you because you get to listen to some ideas in private. And the idea of the apps is, hey, they're, they're cheap, um, but centers, therapists, so forth, you know, they can put together some apps that can throw some money together pretty quick. Um, and, you know, on the fly, advice on the fly, um, information on the fly, you know, those types of things. Uh, we want access to those types of things. Well, good idea, but uh, like anything, right, we have to kind of dial it in. We have to be careful. So listen to this A study. So this year, there was an investigation by some authors. And they discovered, oops, that's the wrong, hold on just a minute here, that's the wrong reference here. 
Let me get back to this one. Okay. So they took, in this study, they took 73 random uh, mental health applications. Okay, 23 random mental health applications. And what they found, uh, where did we go here? Let's see. Um, they found that only two, okay, so out of 73 apps, they found that only two mental health apps, right, only two out of those 73, okay, so arguably the only two found randomly out of 300,000, only two of those were substantiated through uh, studies, through data uh, from a professional, um, you know, academic standpoint. So when you're investing your time in these mental health applications, good idea, but wow, that's kind of scary, isn't it? Two percent, or only two out of the 73 actually had scientific backing. And what they talk about is being mindful that there's going to be key words, right, that indicate that uh, this is science-based work, so on and so forth. Um, But that doesn't mean there's research behind them. As a matter of fact, there's a couple professors and uh, underclassmen that are putting together uh, some pretty successful applications. But overall, we need to kind of be wary. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to come back and talk a little bit about kind of the concerns, uh, what to look for, what to be mindful of if uh, you're considering looking at an application for your device regarding uh, monitoring your mental health. So we're talking about mental health apps, right? Um, Help in your pocket. And I guess, uh, you know, just like uh, this podcast, help counseling, whatever you want to call it, right, on demand. And the interesting thing and unfortunate thing is the study I was talking about where 73 uh, applications were randomly pulled from over 300,000 and only two were clinically evaluated. Only two had um, data to back up the purposes, the effectiveness, the direction uh, of the of the applications. And so that's kind of scary. Imagine, because if you're somebody that's interested in a mental health app, obviously you're looking for some type of direction. And uh, you're going to uh, want direction that's helpful, but there's something about apps that sometimes make us think, it's kind of like a book, and I've talked about this a lot. You go to Barnes & Noble, and there's a self-help book. Over 52,000 self-help books. And my thought is, okay, for some reason, if there's, if there's text between two hard pieces of cardboard, in other words, a book, we assign somehow automatic value and application to ourselves. Do you notice that? Do you notice that? boy, all of a sudden we're looking at gospel truth on these things because this is an author that has been published. And there's good elements, but not always applicable. So getting back to these applications, there's kind of this assumption that because these apps have made it into the app store that they're actually higher rated. As a matter of fact, I think the 73 uh, apps that they pulled were the higher rated apps. We're going to assume and lean upon uh, the monitoring, the suggestions for mood changes, and even diagnosis. I tell you what, uh, 
that's kind of scary if you think about it. Um, you go in and find that based on certain behaviors and so forth, this uh, software is going to diagnose you. And that's a label, right? That's a label that uh, you might live by. You might go start reading material going around down the wrong direction. You could feel quite overwhelmed or, or uh, deflated. So these apps, long ways to go with these apps. I'm glad this article came out, actually, and hopefully you are too, because this article exposes, right, the cash cow of, hey, anybody can throw an app down. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. I've thought about apps myself and uh, how I can give uh, applications to my clients specifically, not on the global scale of like iTunes, but uh, more along the lines of like thought journaling and so forth. And so it's a thought that's out there. Unfortunately, the value, the way that these are constructed, and the validity of these applications is far more than scary. It's quite disturbing. So when you find an app, right, just like a book, when you find an app, take time to kind of look at it, read up on it, see if there's an article. Uh, I can't remember the name of the facility, but there's uh, a couple. There's one uh, professor that does uh, um, for working with uh, cigarette uh, cessation, and another one uh, that they're working on is uh, working with eating disorders. And those are the two that we know have been scientifically evaluated and backed up through study and so forth. Take time to take a look at them. You know, you look at uh, GPS apps, you look at game apps, and some of those, you know, you put it down, and if it's a bad GPS app, you just get another one. Well, these ones, you know, you want to make sure you take a look and see kind of where they're founded. Now, again, a warning here really fast, and that is scientifically based is... um, I can say that, but what is scientifically based? You know, are these uh, journal, are these back through journal journal articles through raw data? Um, you know that that claim that science says. Well, science says a lot of things, but that doesn't mean that that app is based upon it. So, as as you are interested in improving your mental health, or as you're interested in monitoring, uh, logging, following your behavior, your moods looking for help apps for other people. Bear in mind that you're in a good direction, but also bear in mind, like any book that's written, you have to take it kind of in stride. How does this apply to me? And I think most importantly, if it's along the lines of advice given and diagnosis, I would be mindful right now to be pretty wary. Um, take it with a grain of salt. So that's, that's uh, this idea here with apps. They're out there. Two out of 73 were found to have validity to what they were doing. Keep that in mind, and I hope in your search for mental health for yourself or others that you find your way. I hope that you're able to get answers, and of course, I also write, uh, hope that this podcast is helpful for you. So I'm Fred Riley. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, feel free to rate this podcast. Uh, give us stars, right? Whatever that stuff is, I'm still learning this stuff. And uh, in the meantime, as always, please keep in mind that you get to choose.